Hello, and welcome back to another exciting episode of The Alchemist Club. I'm Joe, your host and your dungeon master for another thrilling D&D adventure. Joining me here today, we have... Daniel, playing Chad Fleek. Hey all, playing Desmond. I'm Zach, and I play Falrock. I'm Matt, and I play Leolin. Waffle, playing the Baron of Looming Clouds, Tarajux Heiko. I feel like you're... Uh, titles have expanded to encompass things that are uh, outside your normal purview. I'm moving up in the world. What can I say? We'll see about that. Um, Gotta always be on that grind. I don't. Th we don't have any mail this week. Uh, so who wants to give a recap of what happened last time? Which is a lot of yak budding, if I remember correctly. Oh yeah, there was some Did faffing about. Well, hang, yeah. hang on. No, you let us go back to the ship, yeah. and then we did things on the ship. I was not yeah, casting aspersions. There was no blame laid. We shared this burden. We yeah. got ready to power up again. Uh -huh. Yeah, we, we, were, yeah. we were told you could either train or go to the ship, so of course. I established clear lines of communication, okay? You did I did, do I that. took a very important step forward. Mm-hmm. I told Kaelin on Delaran to fuck off, so my time was well spent. That, yeah, that also happened. Also true. Yeah, we checked in on the ship, we checked in on our stuff, there's a lot of things we need to catch up on, but right now, Aunt Gloria Feynman is like, alright, it's time to begin your Avenger training. I don't know why she's Russian, but... <laughs> That's really all that happened, I'm so sorry viewers, but it, it was just nothing. Uh, There's a lot of good bits, but not a lot of plot. You reunited with TJM. That happened. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, forgot yeah. your most perfect son. I I felt like it went without saying, you know? Like, this is a podcast. Nothing goes without saying. If we All don't right. say things, the podcast does not happen. <laughs> I reunited with Tarajux Mini, my Mykonid son, and I promised him that no force in the heavens or hells would ever part us again. And I know I'm going to break horrible, that promise. Horrible promise. <laughs> yep. But until that day comes, I'm just going to be out there playing catch with my boy. Listeners, make note. This is, this is where 75 episodes from now, when TJM is a, uh, a villain, come to hunt down his deadbeat <laughs> father. Yeah. Uh, this is and where you know that what? started. We already have an arc for that. <laughs> <laughs> he he'll team up with Mecha Falrock. <laughs> no, 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 no. You thought that was done? No. Uh... Mecha Falrock has survived the hiatus. Damn. <laughs> so you are about to begin. Well, as I recall. Um, and Gloria stated that there would be a series of one-on, well, one-on-two or one-on-three interviews uh, yes. with each of you. One-on-two uh, being herself and Volanthe, or one-on-three being herself, Philomena, and Volanthe, um, before starting your training montages. So, and Gloria, as you, as you step off of Teliferous and return to the Swords of Alira chapter house that they are using as base, uh, says, right, who wants to go first? Not you. 
I believe that I had previously been moved to last place yeah. because of something that I said. So, so the, the not you was yes. directed directly yeah. at you. I, I'm not even there anymore. I already went downstairs. I like to imagine this whole episode is framed through Terajux uh, eavesdropping on these conversations via wind magic. So you're, it's like you're like floating the... up against the ceiling, listening through the floor. I don't even have to do that. I can just like sit where I am. Yeah, um, but the mental image is funnier. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, yeah, I'm floating up against the ceiling. I have a cup pressed to <laughs> the, you know, the texturing, and um, it's it's a little bit like a clip show where I'm like I'm talking to myself and recounting like, oh, that makes sense. Ever since Falrock got back with his people on the mountain home, and then it does like a wibbly fade in. <laughs> but yeah, I'm going last. Yeah. So who wants to go first? Sure, I'll go first. This is probably for the best, so that you can. Set the story straight. <laughs> and I, I've got the cup to want to go, oh, it sounds like Balrock Donkill is up. He's the dwarf in our party. <laughs> I'm looking right at the camera. <laughs> Newcomers, welcome to the Alchemist Club. <laughs> a stalwart friend, an occasional father figure to the party. <laughs> Don't let his rough hands fool you. He's got a soft heart. And Gloria... And Valanthe sit down, and she says, I don't think Philomena needs to be present for this one. I'm, I'm pretty sure of the five of you, you're the one who is most likely to dispense with the nonsense. Yeah, I'm... Why would I do anything else? It's probably for the best that, you're, that you stay with them. I have... I shudder to think at the state of the continent if they should lose the last semblance of reason that accompanies them. Well, yeah, imagine I... what Leyland would get up to. <laughs> Breaking the window would be safe. Yes. Yes. Give Ched some credit. He is uh, the most mature four-year-old any of you have ever met. That's true. Yes. yes. Very much so. <laughs> and to be fair to them, though, I, I have learned from them. It, to be more, uh, well, it, Ched always goes with the flow. Tarjux changes the flow when is necessary and when not necessary, but <laughs> he, he's not going to not let something happen. Uh, that's it. That's I, the I've... most accurate summation of Tarjux's <laughs> character right there. It's perfect. I feel yeah. known. <laughs> Uh, from Leyland, I have learned to be more suspicious of literally everything, and uh, when it comes to Desmond, I, I've learned to, well, I, I hate to say I see what co I could have been, but hmm. slave to the gods, so. But he wasn't always like cookies. that. <laughs> That's, no. yeah, a ringing endorsement. No, he had a family, and that something happened. Uh, the family was broken apart, and when he nearly died, uh, Aquila saved him. And, well, I, I see some of that in my future, if I was not already captured and brought into all of this. Um, I, Am I met yeah. the rock? Oh, you're like, Holy you're like a little moon knight. Uh, okay. But yeah, so I... Sure, I, I'm the reasonable one. I'll, I agree to that. But they're not as awful as everyone seems to think. What? 
So what do I need to endorsement? What do I need to answer for here? I, you know. Strictly speaking, you're not here to answer for anything, whatever my colleague here might say. Well, I meant what what questions? Sorry. Oh, that's yes, valid, a valid, uh, valid thing to ask. I suppose first and foremost, and she consults her little uh, translucent magical tablet. Um, since you have been released from the, she squints at what's on there and says, you were in a vial, like a tube of hatchling blood. She gets up and leaves and comes back a moment later. Uh, and she's like, okay. Wearing a welding mask. I had to go make sure that Philomena wrote, wrote that down correctly. (laughs) She did. An entire... Alright. She takes a moment. and <laughs> I don't know where they got it either. I'm How quite... are you not dead? How are you <laughs> quite, not quite dissolved? Confused. Yeah. Um, Volanthe glowers, as, as is her custom. Yep. And after Angloria has uh, composed herself, she says, right. Have you noticed any changes since your time spent soaked in hatchling blood. Yes. Uh, first off, I can uh, sense fires with my eyes closed. Um, I can tell where the nearest flame is. I'm also drawn to them as if a moth, and with the need to control them or change them or shape them. Shaping seems the right word. Um, on top of that, I... Well, the spontaneous combustion was a problem in my younger years, so that's come back, I suppose. <laughs> um, I got a handle on that, and I it think I can handle it again. Teen boys. It's nothing to be ashamed of. It's very nice. Yeah, I was, I was just... My immediate thought was dwarf puberty. <laughs> um, but um, I guess the most concerning part for me is that Whenever I've meditated and sought the center of myself, I've seen this uh, burning volcano at, at my heart. And instead, now there's just a pillar of fire encased or caged in bright white light. And I'm very much concerned. Sinti has, well, I believe I've said before, Sinti has never really answered prayers. Aquila barely did. And that was to put out the fires I was making. So I I don't know what this is, but I don't like being contained. Still don't want to turn into a monster, but I don't like this feeling of something containing me. I'd finally gotten to grips with the fire inside me, and now, well, the fire inside me is trapped, I feel like. Interesting. She is making furious notes on her tablet with a a stylus made of crystal. Fire, pillar flame contained, able to sense fires. I'm... She waggles the stylus at, at you. I'm not overly concerned right now at this very moment with what sounds like an internal spiritual struggle that's not really my purview although if you feel it affecting any physical changes upon you let us know immediately 
most interesting is this ability to sense fire and and attempt to shape it. Yeah, that's totally new. Have you tried shaping fire since you've arrived? Or been awoken? I, I think I did it accidentally when Ched was part elemental and I helped put him out a little bit, maybe? But I... I'll be honest, it, I was in a haze till like, halfway back from wherever we were being held. Alright. She pulls a, a wax candle out of her pocket and puts it on the table and snaps her fingers and it bursts into flame. Uh, and Farak, you immediately get a new ping on your little mental compass of, oh, there's a fire here. Um, and she says, Try. Turn that candle flame into... She taps her finger and sort of looks around the room. Says, turn it into Philanthe's sword. Okay. Uh, what do I need to roll for this? You will need to roll... Let's, you know, that's a good question. What do you think would be most appropriate for... I th- in fifth, or 3.5 crafting skills were an intelligence thing, but I don't know... Yeah. If that's well, really the best option here. And Falrock wasn't a great learned smith. Mm-hmm. He did things by what felt right. Um, yeah. Could I roll... Even more of a wisdom? I think yeah. insight or wisdom. I think wisdom um, would be appropriate. Okay. Uh, that is a 12. Or no, sorry, a 13. Forgot I moved my wisdom up. So you you reach out and you pick the flame up off of the candle and hold it between your fingers. Um, it's warm and it's it's not squirmy, but you can feel it moving um, under your skin, and you concentrate and hone the fire, kind of squeezing, shaping it with your hands keeping the image of Valanthe's sword fixed in your mind. And it's not great, your end results. It, it's more like just a sword in general, rather mm. than Valanthe's, which is uh, a fairly unique shape in that it's, I mean, very large. And trying to describe it would not be an effective exercise because this is an audio an audible medium and not a visual one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it's it's kind of reminiscent of a shard blade from uh, the Stormlight Archives. And, and Gloria watches this whole process. Um, her eyes widen very slightly when you take the fire off of the candle. Um, like you're just picking up a piece of paper or something. Mm. And she sits back and says, Interesting. Very telling me. <laughs> Farox just holding the the little fire sword is like I have no idea how I did this. Yeah, I just kind of did. Um, she says, "I we're going to have to see what you can accomplish with this." Absolutely fascinating. I wonder what size fire. She starts making notes. It's like what size fire can you work with is there a fire that's too large how complex can the shapes be oh. i i'm interesting because 
uh, interested because my uh, my gauntlets allow me to channel energy into fire um, spell cast when normally I have no idea how to cast spells. Um, I wonder what I could shape the fire that these make into. Fascinating. Yes. Uh, any other any other changes or things you'd like to discuss with me or the iconoclasts in general? This I have I have enough information to compose a battery of of tests and practices for you, just with this alone. But if there's anything else, please. Um, I don't think there's any other changes that I've gone through. If any come up, I'll certainly bring them up. Um, but I'm pretty sure that's the the extent of things. Um, no, I, I think that's about it. Excellent. All right. Thank you for your time and for being Thank you. sensible. I am not looking forward to it. I am the reasonable one. And he just kind of throws up his hands like, what did you expect? Yeah. It's kind of their mistake for starting with the easiest one. Yeah, like, yeah really. I would have saved Falrock for the end. She massages her <laughs> temples and says, I, I am not looking forward to the remainder of these interviews. But Philomena will uh, be here for the rest of them, so that's something. <laughs> the only one that needs one. Uh, and she gestures uh, for you to leave. And I do so. <laughs> Who's next? Ed. Uh, I'll I'll point at somebody if you want me to. Yes. <laughs> I, I I hook a thumb at Leyland. Just all right. You're we'll up. We're going easy, started. Hey, I know. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we're doing. <laughs> Leyland just kind of shrugs and heads in. And one arm just kind of happens to come from another wall. All right, Leyland, you uh, step into the room. Philomena is, is there now, having arrived from the door on the opposite side. And Gloria is sitting at a table with her little stylus. And Valanthe stands like a, a suit of armor uh, on against one wall. Of course. And Gloria gestures so for you to so sit there. drawn or no? No, it's not drawn, but she's ready. Does she need it, though? No, pr- probably not. She still has arms. Yeah. Alright, um, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down. All right, let's. Hopefully, this will be quick and easy. Uh, says Anne Gloria. Philomena snorts. So, since you've woken up for your time from your time being soaked in hatchling blood, have you noticed any changes? New uh, abilities. Sure. Excellent. Please. I mean, I don't know about abilities, but. Kind of have, you know, shadow appendages everywhere now. But I wouldn't say that it's only been since I woke up. Kind of had something kind of start before we 
before whatever happened to us happened. So I was able to um, kind of move through a shadow um, on our last little mission that we were on. Pass through the wall of the tree ship we were investigating into an outer, into the outside area, just through shadow. So, this this is kind of uh, taking that and going on steroids now. So, fascinating, excellent. Shadows. She's she's scribbling notes. It's like that's good. I'm. We can we can test this. We can devise things to help you bring it under control. Yes. I'm not sure I want to use it though. Why not? Have, have any of them? explain to you what happened it's not like the true church just found us again and you know attacked our ship or anything like that's not what happened here none of us even know how we ended up in those tubes but what happened to me whatever these powers are i feel like have to do with whoever or whatever is happening and i think the more i use them the further it's going to take me. So I don't know, like controlling them, sure, but using them does not seem the best course. Just saying. So you're concerned that using these powers will draw more attention from the true church. Not the true church. Or whatever entity took you. Some... A woman with eyes like midnight. that That's all I can remember. That's all very poetical of you, Leyland. I wouldn't have expected that from you. Oh, well. <laughs> the best way I can describe it. Eyes like shadow scenes. Kind of on the nose. So That is an interesting point that you raise. Our research into the true church and hatchling related entities has not uncovered anything any creature that uses shadow like that so either you've discovered something entirely novel or you are hallucinating and your brain generated this as as a some sort of nightmare fuel a deep-seated fear of your own powers and gloria has now switched to a psychologist notebook and a small pair of spectacles on the end of her nose. I'm kidding. She doesn't actually do that. Thing <laughs> that you perceive shadows as female. Leyland, how's your relationship with your mother? <laughs> <laughs> Did these shadows make you feel emasculated? Good <laughs> <laughs> Or there could be, or there could be other powers at work here, besides the true church. Do you have any idea what those might be? The gods come to mind. She sits back. You think that 
the five are personally involved in your affairs? Certainly wouldn't put it past them. Just I mean, the one with the, yeah. way we, with the things we've seen. Yeah, we know at least one is. I'm willing to concede that Aquila has a, a more than average active role in in the fate of your traveling companion. But to suggest that the entire pantheon is... That's a, a hypothesis with precious little data to support it. Something to think about. I'm, I'm not dismissing it out of hand. Even so, I... You're All I'm saying is, we, we stayed where we were the last night before we woke up in those tubes because Aquila told us to stay put. And then crazy hallucinations or whatever you want to call them happened. And then we ended up in those tubes. It doesn't sound like our ship was attacked. It doesn't sound like Basil, Ivy, the dwarves know anything. Like, like <laughs> if y'all are careful, Leyland's going to go under like conspiracy <laughs> like rabbit hole now. Like, Alien. Got the yard out. Whiteboard. Watch out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we got a whiteboard and string. Yeah. So. True Church may have ended up with us, but they didn't get us that day. Fascinating. This is certainly something worth investigating. In the meantime, she says, I suspect that it will be useful for you to learn how to control these things, even if you don't want to use them. If for no other reason, then you might get tired of having... She waggles her hand at you. 25% 25% of your physical form on the other side of the room in a different shadow, and she points to your left leg, which is just sticking out of the opposite corner and, like, jiggling. You've got restless leg syndrome over there. You said jiggling. I swear I thought it was, like, a glitched NPC. I I mean, kind <laughs> of a little bit. Um, yeah. I, I feel like the ability to remain in one spot instead of spreading out amongst whatever shadows you're around might be helpful. Also, yeah, if you don't learn to control it, Volanthe will behead you. Like I said, I'm fine with controlling it, but I don't, but, you know, I used it and then we ended up captured and you know, strange woman in my head telling me she'll always have have me or something. So, you know, fascinating. So, uh, this is this is DM Joe asking player Matt: Does Leyland think that his shadow teleport is the reason that you got picked up? Leyland has no idea at this point. Leyland's just Leyland's suspicious of everything and everyone. So, fair enough. Yeah, most that's, specifically that's the god. Most specifically the gods in Aquila, though. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, she nods and says, "Anything you'd like to share about your compatriots, or other things you'd like us, the iconoclasts, to know before we bring in the next one." 
Yeah, if we could get Desmond off the Aquila kick, that would be great. But that that's kind of seems like a lost cause at this point. So. Yeah, I don't know that we're really in a state to uh, get between somebody and their religion. <laughs> it would violate, like, workplace regulations. <laughs> uh-huh. Just saying, when when the captain thinks that that she's calling the shots, it's kind of put puts puts us in a weird spot. So that is a good point. We shall see what we can do. Is there anything else you'd like to tell us before we we bring in the next member of your party? I can think. Of. All right, you are free to go. I will uh, let you know when we've devised a, a proper training schedule for you. Next. Let's flip a coin. I, I, tell De- I tell Desmond they wanted him next. Oh, oh you think I'm... You think I'm... <laughs> that's, that's not the order I would have done it in for ascending difficulty, but... Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, Desmond, you go in. Uh, Philomena and and Gloria are sitting. Blanthe stands resolute at her post. And they gesture for you to take a seat. Okay. I sit down and I hand her my handkerchief. Thanks? You're going to need that in a few minutes. What? (laughs) What? Right. <laughs> anyway, um, she's totally on the back foot <laughs> after this. She takes the handkerchief and sets it like on the table in front of her, um, and says, "Right." So, two tube of hatchling blood. What's different for you now that you are um, out of that? What have well, you noticed any changes? Allowed me to touch the spark of the divine. Now I can see ripples of what may be. Future? Are you talking uh, about scrying or? I'm talking about seeing possible futures, like um, a ripple on a smooth water surface. Fascinating. She writes that down and says, "Okay, what do you need? Like, is this just something you have?" visions in your head <laughs> uh do you like just out of nowhere or is there something you do to trigger this how how does this happen i can channel divine energies and pray for uh access to what may be and i touch the the fabric of the divine in order to to be able to see what may be right so what you're saying is and then she she pauses and then uh her face crinkles up and then she grabs your handkerchief without thinking and sneezes into it and then she looks at the handkerchief and you see that that light bulb click in her head uh and she goes Oh, 
and turns to Philomena. Yeah. Philomena, it's, it's the, the most glorious gift my God could have given me. Philomena, it's not, a, it's not necessarily something for combat, but it's uh, will keep us out of danger. I figure that's what Aquila does after all. Philomena leans forward and she says, "Can you control what you see, or are these visions given to you without any context? Can you?" S- see something specific in the future. Willa shows me what I'm supposed to see and nothing I'm not supposed to see. There's, uh... She she looks annoyed very briefly. It's like, have you tried looking for something specific? <laughs> Why would I? It might be more useful than simply being assailed by vast amounts of data about possible futures. Well, cool, that gives me free will. I can use, I can use the data as I choose. Does having free will not also give you the opportunity to choose what you wish to see? Not necessarily, but I can choose what I do with the information. So you are resigned to using this passively rather than actively. I might use it in times of great need, but I assume that Aquila would know when I would need it, therefore I would have access to it. Is that something... Never mind. I already know the answer to that question. She sits back. I knew you would! (laughs) (laughs) I knew you'd say that! We will... No, but to, to more answer your question, I can usually use water as like a medium to channel things if I'm so inclined. But it has to be something related to Aquila in order to be able to do so. Interesting. Well, and Gloria says, I think we can devise a suitable means of, if not training you to use this better, practicing it. A beach Beach party. We are quite some distance from the Eversea, which I suppose is less of an issue for you than it would be for most people. It's for the best. They... The two of them uh, sort of exchange significant glances and then look back at you and say, is there anything else you, you can tell us about your compatriots? Anything that you think we should know about them or that you think we should know in general one second and i shape water Uh uh-huh and i ask aquila if there's anything i need to tell them (laughs) um aquila tells you or you you see in this this water that you've shaped um, a gold piece, a gold piece that's been flipped as you would flip a quarter, so it's spinning in the air. Um, and you see it land on its side, and then you get the sense that you want it to land heads up, and then it falls and lands heads up. Um, from what I can tell, Aquila is telling me we're at a kind of a fork of the road uh, a weird 
crossroads, if you will, and our intent will really will really be important for this cycle of, uh, I guess, interest and like trying to come into our own. So we're gonna have to face this crossroads and come out for the better on it. I see," says Aunt Gloria, making a note on her uh, on her style or uh, her tablet. And says, "I think that's all we need for right now. Thank you. If you could send Ched in, please." I grab my handkerchief off the table and walk out. All right, Ched. Assuming Desmond, do you actually tell Ched to go in? Yeah, that's what I was waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, I'll tell him it's his turn. Okay. But he should have already known that by now. <laughs> oh, because you should have told me by now, or? You should already know. Just, okay. I mean, process of elimination if Terrajux is going still, last. Still cryptic. Well, well, did he volunteer to go last as a as a character, no, was, or no, we gave him as a player? Old. No, <laughs> you were all there when Angloria was like. Angloria said he had. Oh, you're okay. last. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, there's no divine. There's no divine sight here. I don't know if if we just like had a waiting room where at the you know, where the principal's office and we're just outside waiting to talk to him. But okay, so I go in. <laughs> yeah. You had ticket number 63. And okay, 63! So. That's me! Yep. I go in waving a paper ticket. <laughs> Where did you get that? Uh, I don't know, and it just sort He's of getting them. Schlorps back into my hand. <laughs> <laughs> right. I feel as though I could sing, and little uh, birds sort of grow out of my shoulders and begin chirping. I go, whoa, where did that where did that come from? And slurp them back in. Terrifying, says Aunt Gloria. <laughs> right. So have a seat. Uh if if you can. Oh. Yeah, I can. Okay. And Chad walks over to a, a chair I, are we seated seated at like a table yeah okay and plop on down have you noticed and i feel that this question is a little redundant in your case have you noticed any changes in yourself physically mentally emotionally since you were spent six months or some period of time submerged in a tube full of hatchling blood Yes. Um, I can kind of not wild shape at will, but um, wild shape it's it's kind of uncontrollable right now, and it doesn't seem to be limited, because I, I since I don't have control over it, I'm just constantly changing. I, normally, I, I would be out of wild shapes and I wouldn't be able to change, but for whatever reason um, my instability right now might just be affecting that but um i can i think i think just yesterday or the other day um i wild shaped into 
a, a brand new animal, um, an animal of my own imagination. Um, I forget what it was. Um, it was like an ar- I think it was an armored or scaled bear, something like that. It was a bear with the shell of a crab. Oh, with the shell of a crab. Okay. Yeah, it was the two um, Ched's two spirit animals. Kitness, yeah. <laughs> bear. Um, which was cool. Armored bear. Um was neat. Um and then there were some elemental issues as well, but what kind of issues? Uh, be as specific as you can. Um Sometimes they were mixing. Sometimes I was multiple kinds of elementals at once. I, uh, you know, like I think I turned into steam once, so I wasn't sure if that was air or water. And then, um, at one point, I, I think that I had like an arm of stone, and another part of my body was water or something like that. I'll, I'll sometimes just become a puddle of muck and it, it'll i don't know if it's actual muck or if it's just me in liquid form but um it's all very disorienting when it happens that i'm suddenly the height of well a puddle um so it's, it's taking some getting used to fascinating well i think we have a pretty clear idea of where where to start on your training um she says tapping tapping the stylus against her tablet (sighs) totally new creations have you i am not overly familiar with the practices of druids particularly eric cochran druids have you found yourself able to turn into anything that would normally be beyond your capabilities um like a non-beast Mm-hmm. Or non-elemental? No, I haven't. Should I try? Can you do that safely? Um, what if I try to change into something that's relatively safe if I were to become it? That seems like a reasonable reasonable way to go. Pick something. What? I'm trying to think of... An object? An aberration? Um... Can you turn into an owl bear, a small one? Ooh, a little little uh, little dog sized owl bear. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, let me let me try. And I, I picture a a classic owl bear, but small. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you feel the surge of your wild shape uh, spread through you, and you do in fact turn into an owl bear. I look down at my at my paws. I'm like, am I just a bear? I no, no, you are an owl bear. Looks behind himself, and his head turns all the way around. He's like, yeah, I think I'm just a bear. (laughs) (laughs) Looks looks down his snout and sees. How do I still have a beak? Oh, it worked. Uh, yes, I would, I would say so. Please, please turn back. You're making Volanthe nervous, and if, indeed, <laughs> Volanthe's sword is out of its sheath. I'm very small, thank you. And I, I shift back. Well, that is, 
that is very interesting. That is novel, I suspect. She looks at Philomena, and Philomena leans forward and says, I don't have much study of druidic practices as well, but I've never heard of one able to turn into something like an owlbear before. So this certainly merits further study. Can I try Hokora next? Please don't. <laughs> I, okay. I believe Volanthe would probably object to that a little more strongly. <laughs> yeah, but like a, sh a short one? <laughs> Just like because a... something is shorter doesn't make it less dangerous. <laughs> like a halfling hook horror? <laughs> Consider the honey badger. Um, Look, it's just like a little person with crab hands. You're already a little person with crab hands, says Volanthe. I could, I could be. <laughs> now, is there anything else you feel that we should know about yourself or your compatriots or information in general, your capture, anything at all? Any new information? Uh, nope. And I shift my hands into little crab hands and go clack clack and walk out. Edible. And Gloria, listeners, you see the camera. The camera zooms in on Gloria, who <laughs> puts her face in her hands, and Philomena pats her arm gently and says, it'll be over soon. I go out the door and say, I'm a hook horror! <laughs> I, uh, I high-five Ted on my way in. <laughs> you feel a slight pinch. Yeah. What up, nerds? <laughs> um... So yeah, I, I stride into the room, look down at the floor, uh, give everyone a winning smile, say, no blood on the floor, that's a good sign, how about we keep that streak going? And then I am going to take my chair, spin it 90 degrees, and kick back into it, balanced impossibly on two legs, and uh, I'm ready to go. I am refreshed and cleaned, and I smell like the, the scent of a forest right before a storm. Yeah, I cast Druidcraft on him before he came in. <laughs> I've got prestidigitation. I can, no, okay. I can waft my own uh, colognes. Uh huh. <laughs> so, how you been? Good, says Aunt Gloria. Uh, Philomena will be conducting your interview. I'm just here to take <laughs> notes. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, Phils, how you been? Thanks again for the save. Really owe you. Uh, you are jerked up out of your chair and flattened against the ceiling <laughs> by an unseen force. <laughs> and Philomena looks up at you with the expression of a of a professor looking at a particularly recalcitrant student and says, What did I tell you about calling me Phil's? All right, all right. Everybody here is not cool with nicknames. I get it. I'm sorry. It's a pilot thing. <clears throat> She lowers you back into your chair. Um, I could stay up there if you want. Wherever you want to conduct this, it's easiest for you. It would be easiest for us if you approach this with something resembling decorum. I don't know if you can manage that, if you have even a scrap of it somewhere within you. But if you could summon that up for us, that would be fantastic. Well, let's hear some questions then. Have you noticed... Any changes to yourself, physical, emotional, mental, new abilities, anything like that since your time submerged in hatchling blood? 
Hmm. Eh, not really. I think I feel more confident as a person, but uh, ultimately it's just the same old TJ. Not hearing any voices, seeing anything unusual, changes in shape. If you're referring specifically to my dunk in the good sauce, that appears to have had minimal effect on properties that were already there. I've already been hearing voices. I've already been able to perceive the wind. That's old hat at this point. I've just gotten a little better at it. Whether or not that's hatchling juice or me just improving as a person, hard to tell, really. I was getting pretty good at it right before we were captured. Interesting. So you've had the ability to listen to the winds. And now Since I was is... born. Hmm. Right. And they... And Gloria makes a note of this and says, well, we can design some tests around that to determine the extent of your abilities. I've been testing it. I do not trust your scientific rigor, says Angloria. Uh, all right, we'll do it your way. You'll forgive me for saying so. Actually, I don't really care if you do or not. You are one of the most reckless and impulsive people I have ever met, and the idea of you, quote, testing... He's met Desmond! Uh-huh. <laughs> the idea of you, quote, testing anything with any degree of certainty or rigor is, is frankly absurd. Recklessness is how we find our limits. There are other ways, I find. But I'm not here for a philosophical debate. Philomena? <clears throat> Uh, Philomena looks you up and down and says, Have you tried doing things in the other direction? Influencing locations <clears throat> far away from me using the wind? Projecting your voice. Ah. Not directly to my knowledge. I, I've flicked back through all the times... No, it's usually been a fairly passive process. I've, I've always been one to, you know, look people in the eye when I uh, talk to them. Interesting. Something Worth to a test. try, though. It's yes, a good idea. I suspect so. Also, <clears throat> I feel it necessary to inform you that you no longer have lungs. Hmm. Yeah? That's... I I look down at my chest like I'm able to perceive this somehow. I kind of like prod at my chest a little and go, huh, that's uh, something you don't hear every day. What's the prognosis, Doc? We don't know yet, but you haven't drawn breath since you sat down in that chair, so. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, better to leave it to do its own thing. Uh, is that related to this? And I wave my hand vaguely around my heart region, or this? And I move my hand, like, several inches down to the cloud region? We don't know. Again... that was also pre-existing to the tube, so don't Wait, read too much they, into that. Do they know about the cloud? Have we shown them the cloud? I, I feel like I've talked to them about it, and they were like, you need to see a specialist. And I'm like, you are the specialist! <laughs> 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 uh, Philomena says we don't know but this is again something that we will probably be testing well I feel great and uh, if that means I don't have to wear my altitude watch anymore even better you've also literally died 
too, so... Yeah, that. but that's, that's like, common adventurer shit. <laughs> uh-huh. And I sure. haven't even seen a dark skeleton at the corner of my vision in, like... Six months. Seven months. <laughs> <laughs> um... And Gloria makes some more notes, and Philomena says, Is there anything else you want to tell us? Anything about your compatriots? Or just information in general that you feel that would be useful for the iconoclasts to have? Look, here's the deal. It's the same old us. You know the drill. Point us in a direction. Give us something to tear apart, and we'll do it. That is rather our concern, yes. As far as I'm concerned, as long as we got a nice big pile of Aldraxians, True Churchers, and Elemental Abusers to churn our way through, we're going to be able to keep busy for several human lifetimes. And what happens if you run out of people that we disagree on as enemies? For example, Aldraxians. Hmm, that would be an unfortunate disagreement. I think the state of the world as I've seen it there is no shortage of the wicked and the cruel and those wishing to imprison others wrongfully. Uh, I suspect we'll be uh, not wanting for employment. And who judges what kind of a person is wicked? You? Yeah. By what authority? None. Authority doesn't exist. Interesting. And Gloria makes a note on her on her tablet and then underlines it we live in the perpetual cycle of a storm beyond fathoming and we stand here with our little towers and our little laws and our little magistrates banging their little gavels and we pretend that it matters and that this has significance that's ridiculous yes just so I think we're done here We'll uh, inform you as soon as we have a training schedule available for you. I uh, throw a little salute and stride out. The five of you convene in one of the rooms. Or I suppose you could go back to Teliferous if you wanted to. But the five of you are, are rejoined. Is there anything you wish to discuss amongst yourselves? Guys, I really hope this doesn't take too long, because I am bored. I already know how long it's going to take, and you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> God damn it. That's also going to get really annoying. Yeah. Ah, they're going to have me sit in a room, and Philomena's going to be in the next room over, and, and Gloria's going to be like, all right, now you have to repeat what Philomena is saying, and I'm going to be like, she is saying that she's talking in a voice like this about the metaphysical properties of the multiverse, and it's going to take forever, yeah. and then they're yeah. going to do that again, but the room is going to be sealed in an airtight box. Fuck, give me a name of a dwarvish duke. One uh. I haven't met. I mean, we could just uh, not, we could just not do it. Well, then Valanthe kills us, and I've still got some stuff I need to get wrapped up first. They do throw you over something re from really high up. Ah, just, well, just uh, uh, I, I'll hear this out. <laughs> you know, you know. Let's see. Let's, let's see how it goes. <laughs> okay, but who does he insult to get thrown overboard? I don't, I don't know all that. All right. Well, okay. We'll have to Fourth keep name. playing to find out. Wait, is it me? Oh, it's not. I bet it's me. 
No, 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 Falrock, I need you to give me a dwarf name that I haven't met. I don't, I don't know dwarf names. Alright, fine, Leyland, give me the name of someone I haven't met. Uh, <laughs> what? God, none of you are... <sighs> Ched, give me the name of an Eric Cochran I haven't met. I'll give you the name of the person I did courier work for back in Jux. Perfect, exactly what I needed. I would like I'll to... give you the name of someone you haven't met. Okay, I... Jax Psycho. Whoa. Dun dun oh dun! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's head explodes. <laughs> you just freaked my bean, Desmond. <laughs> um, basically, what I want to do here is I, I did think up a couple tests while I was waiting in the lobby, and I didn't get a chance to do them, but I want to test... I've already tested that I can listen to the wind of somebody whose face I know, and I can also listen to the wind of, like, squirrels, just as a concept. I want to test... Uh, whether or not I can listen to the wind of somebody whose name I know, but I, who I've never met and cannot, like, visualize in my head, ask, maybe I know they're, you know, a, a human. Why don't you ask TJM? What? A, what? You can ask TJM for names of... Uh, oh, that's a good idea, be. yeah. And then the other test I want to do at some point is whether or not I can listen to people who are inside an airtight room, but that one's a lot harder because I don't know any airtight rooms because... I see one and I go, no, this will not do. <laughs> I see an airtight room and I wish to make it less airtight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish it to be air loose. <laughs> um, um, can I can I do this test really quick? I think we will leave that for next time because we are we are at the end of our episode. Right oh. Um we'll work that into your training montage, which I've been talking about now for like three episodes in a row, and we still haven't it's gotten to. It's like Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah. We got through the the uh, <laughs> entrance interviews, so that's progress. Um, so, I've been Joe, your host and Dungeon Master, for another long, kind of boring D&D adventure in which the party members sat in a room with two NPCs and talked about things. Um... If you wish to get in touch with us, you can do so at thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com or thealchemistclub88 at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us wherever podcasts are available. Matthew, what are our socials? Find us at thealchemist underscore club on Twitter and at thealchemistclub on TikTok. And our intrepid adventurers are... Daniel, playing Chad Fleet. Hey, Hall, playing Desmond. I'm Zach and I play Fall Rock. I'm Matt and I play Leyland. Waffle playing Tarajux Heiko. Thanks for joining us. <laughs>